Yeah. I'm with Stony Blue. We got a lot to do. Wear a throwback jersey. <laughs> Me and Metro don't need help. Mill a pint to myself. This is episode two. Episode two of Sports Bra. It's your girl, L. Clay. And you're about to take flight. Air Auntie is here. I'm in New Jersey. With the one and only Renaissance man, the hardest working man on the scene, DJ tackle you, <laughs> make you a T-shirt, Mister Amblue Junior. Welcome to the show. Hell yeah! Thanks for having me. For sure, for sure, for sure. Well, first of all, let me get my bottle. Congratulations uh, on the Under Armour situation. Wow, thank you. Very random situation. How did that come about? Um, yeah, one of my friends just started working there and they're doing, I guess, I mean, he pl- pretty much plugged me in. They're doing like a new campaign, like, um, explore beyond campaign. And they're trying to focus on, you know, how people start doing stuff like, oh, we're trying to focus on people that people don't see. We're trying to get the people behind the camera, behind the scenes. And somehow my name got thrown in the pot and they reached out to me. So, if you guys haven't seen, Blue is like looking like '90s Lorenz Tate, <laughs> with a very like sultry uh, looks, like laying down. That was the best one when you like laying down for the Under Ar- Under Armour uh, campaign mm-hmm. content creator. That's what they called you. I don't know why they picked that title. I, Did like, you give them suggestions for a title? I told them content god. <laughs> And I also told them just put artists because I couldn't think of anything that. I mean, I feel like if I wanted someone to talk about me, I'd rather them say artist than like one certain thing. Yeah, I mean, artist is all encompassing because you know you do a myriad of things. Mm-hmm. But let's. I want to. How do you don't even know how we met? You don't remember the time we met? F- maybe at Dwayne Park. No, I met you at Jade Jade Delafleur. Hello, Jade. Mm-hmm. Uh, a video shoot for Jaded, I think. Oh, and that and Keith's house, maybe we was at like that brownstone. It was like she was like in the tub and like doing all these board like, housewife yeah, like dancers and stuff. Like it was some video shoot, but I met you. Oh, that I remember, one. I remember, I remember that. No, one. that wasn't Keith's house. This was like a it white like person's a, like a, house. <laughs> another a bigger, bigger brownstone. This shit was like Damn. official. It, I felt like we like broke into someone's house. It was very Brooklyn townhouse, mm-hmm. and you were working with Jordan, mm-hmm. and you told me you played. You were from Texas, and I was like, okay, because immediately when people are from the south, I get really pumped because I'm a southerner. But how was it growing up in Dallas with like you come from a super talented family, like? everybody does something mm-hmm. and was that something that was kind of like nurtured from the from the start or your parents just supported y'all definitely a lot of support our parents supported us for sure uh i don't know how it started though but i mean growing up we always like shared the same room 
So I think that might have forced us, I don't know, just forced us to like work together and just always be doing something like our dad always stressed like building character and like getting out the house and like doing stuff. So I don't know, they would always like put stuff in our lives. Like if we would play video games too much, they would force us to go outside. Um, just coming back from being outside, I don't know, just even just like listening to music with our mom and stuff. It was just like always, I don't know, we would always be together, one, just like three boys in the room. <laughs> So figure it out. So you are an artist, as you said. Your brother, Blue, is an artist. Mm-hmm. And your other brother does music. Yep, and we all go by Blue, which is funny. Super interesting. Except when you look them up. And they kind of look alike, so it might be hard to like distinguish. Mm-hmm. And then you have a little sister. Mm-hmm. She's getting ready to go off to school. Yeah, she's about to go to Southern in Baton Rouge. In like two weeks, actually. Oh, well. Yeah, and she's going to be cheering out there. She made the cheer team. and. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Sydney. Go Sydney. Hell yeah. She's we the cheer tightest you on. one. She's the tightest one? Oh, yeah. that makes me a little verklempt. So, you were a college football player at a major college. Mm-hmm. You come out of Texas. That means you were good, because Texas is a football capital. Like, Texas is where, like, that's that's serious business, high school football. Yeah. So if you were good in Texas, that means you were really, really good. Can you toot your own horn, like? I can't. I can't toot my own horn. Toot it. All right. (laughs) Well, we went state um, in 2007, like, Cedar Hill High School, 2007 state champs. Um, And so once you went state in Texas, like, at the top region, everyone really gets the opportunity on the team, like. We had like twenty two guys like signs for for scholarships, mm-hmm. and that's just crazy. Like you don't really hear about stuff like that. Like, were all of you guys your all your, your brothers played football too, or just you? Everyone played. My oldest brother he stopped. I guess his last year was high school, or he maybe like stopped playing his senior year, and then my middle brother played in college, and then he stopped playing, and then I played in college and stopped after that. You played all through college. Mm-hmm. So you went to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. How did you decide on Nebraska? Like, what other colleges were you considering? Um, I was considering, like, TCU or, like, UCLA. Like, I was playing football and I running track. So the main, my main thing was I wanted to do both still. Mm-hmm. And um, just some schools were, like, you could only play football. Excuse me. You could only play football or you could just do one. And Nebraska was one of the places and the bigger offers that I had that was like, yeah, you can do both, but football's the priority. Mm-hmm. And just after visiting that school, it's like, yeah, there's no question. Like, I have to go here. Like, everyone's senior, so I'll have a chance to play the following year. Um, and it's just the best, the biggest football program I had. Like, of course, if, like, Texas offered or something, I would have been going there, but they didn't come. But around. Nebraska is still like pretty major. Yeah, it's a big name. They just need to win some games that they need to win. <laughs> well, that's where you came in, now. Uh, we kind of was like, all right. You went to you went to a bowl game, now. You won a bowl game. You we, have a ring. We went we went to like three bowl games. The first year there, we did we go to a bowl. No, the first year we didn't go to a bowl. That's why they got new coaches. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we got Bo Pelini, and he was he kept us good. Like, we would win every game we needed to and always, like, lose, like, 
two or three games, and those were always the biggest ones that we needed to win. Well, I went to University of Alabama for one year, and I had a rendezvous with a footballer. Touchdown, Alabama! <laughs> while I was there. What's the craziest—I mean, because you went to a football college, mm-hmm. so football players get the absolute wild treatment— in mm-hmm. reaction from like professors, but also other students and especially the young ladies. What was like the wildest shit? Was it mm-hmm. on some like love? No, nah, was it on some like uh, he got game? Like, was it looking like that? Like, did you have some shit where you're just like, where <laughs> am I? <laughs> My mother would not be happy with me right now. <laughs> uh, not me per se, but I did live with some crazy ass uh, people for sure. Like my homie. I'm not gonna say his name, but <laughs> used to definitely have some crazy shit at the house. Um, I don't even want to go into detail about any of it, actually. Now this is why we're here on Sports Bra. But while I was there, I was definitely like lover boy. Like you know, in a town like Nebraska, there's not that many black people. So when you see the one that you like, you have to move fast mm-hmm. before like you just don't have an opportunity. So I had a girlfriend for a while. And so you were trying to say you were pretty well behaved while you were in college. Yeah. And I just got the message like my mom, like as soon as she dropped me off, she was like, don't bring home no white girls. <laughs> and I listened to my mom. So I'm just like, you don't got to worry about me. <laughs> so I'll be in situations just like, no, no, nah, nah. I was like picky in college. So I wasn't really falling into none of the crazy stuff. But a lot of it does go on like. I definitely got put... How, how wild can we talk on here? We can talk as wild as we want. This is sports bra. So, yeah, like, one of my homies was just like, yeah, bro, like... And this is the this is the great benefit of having, like, a dad in your life. Because he's like... He tells you before, he's like, yo, like... People are going to remember you just because your name is so easy to remember. So, if you get in these situations, just judge the situation and know if you should be there or not. Because... It, they're easy they can easily say like oh blue was there and so we're in a situation where it's like the the, the ratio is off is more guys than girls and one of my homies is just like yeah like let's run a train on this girl and so i'm just like uh i don't know if i want to do that bro but let's see what happens because <laughs> i just that just wasn't the stuff i was into mm-hmm. and so he's like i'm gonna go in there and like five minutes later like you come in there so I'm trying to just go along with anything, like everything, like, all right, cool, bro. Like whatever happens, happens. And um, so I walk in there and I look at them and immediately walk out like the shit is not for me. I don't need to be nowhere near this shit. Thank God for fathers. <laughs> I don't need because if anything happens, like I don't need to be involved. But it, it was definitely funny. Like everyone, like when I walked in, they both looked at me and they both started laughing. And I feel like if I had like, if I wanted to do it more, it probably would have been smooth, but mm-hmm. that's just not even for me. Good. I'm glad to hear <laughs> that because that's how niggas end up on the news. Exactly. You made the right decision. I've seen my life in front of my eyes like, uh, no, I don't need to be You've seen your face on the news. So <clears throat> while you were in college, I know you missed a season with like some an injury. Mm-hmm. What was that like? I mean, were you the kind of football player who was like obsessed with football? Like- while you were, when you got injured, you thought your life was over? For sure. Like, even picking Nebraska, I had the vision of, like, I'm picking a school because they put a lot of people in the NFL. And 
um, that was just what my mind was set on by picking it. So as soon as I got there, like I got to school and went straight to the film room and like started learning the playbook because I just knew what opp the opportunity was. And I ended up playing as a freshman. So I, I played, I played, and then I started the last three games. Mm -hmm. And that's big because like you're fresh out of high school playing defensive back as a freshman. And I was starting, I mean, we were losing already, so the coaches were like, fuck it, like, put this kid in. He seems more hungry than everyone else that's mm -hmm. out here. So going into the next season, it's like, okay, I'm about to start. Like, this is my spot, and I'm about to have it. Mm -hmm. Ended up tearing my ACL going into that season, so it never really played out how it could have. So it was definitely devastating. Like, this is all you know. This is what you picked the school for. Like, you move away from your family to come play ball. And then you go through one year and it's taken from you. So it's like, damn, I got to figure this out right now. Did you always know you wanted to be like uh, an artist? So was this like kind of a time where you got into your art or like what were you doing while you were injured? Mm, I was definitely like I, I knew I wanted to work in film somehow. Like at the time I was like, yeah, I want to make videos or like movies. So my I picked my major like while I was hurt and then. Just being around the art students, you just influenced. It's like, damn, these people are creating some tight shit. Uh, I got this camera. I don't know. I'm going to see what I can do. So just while I'm hurt, like I can't play ball as much. So my mind, that like took my mind off of sports, just learning all that stuff. Word. So mm -hmm. now you are, as I said from the beginning, Renaissance man, doing all kinds of things, DJing, photography, film, all that. How did you, like, what was that transition period like from, like, walking away from football and making mm. the full switch to being a, an artist? Uh, it was, it was needed. It was tough because my dad would always push me, like, you got to come back, you got to recover, like, make sure you're getting your knee right so you can come back and, and just prove that you can be there. And at that time, I was just not even feeling it. It's like, I don't even know if this is what I want to do, like. And the coaches take so much joy out of it, too. Like, I don't know. It just turns into, like, the system that you have to be on. And it's, like, taking the fun out of it. Like, being in the weight room every day. Like, people yelling at you. Like, programming you to, like, act a certain way. It's just like, I don't even know if I want to deal with this any longer if it comes with this. And especially if I'm just going to be doing it for money because I'm already starting to feel unhappy. Like, this turned into a chore. So just listening to that, like, newfound thing. Like, I'm going to explore this this photo stuff so just after I made that decision it was like go time mm -hmm. and just living in Nebraska too like that's one thing I feel like I took advantage of like there's nothing to do in Nebraska so if you learn how to overcome boredom in Nebraska then you're fine anywhere so for me overcoming that boredom was just like learning how to take pictures or learning how to paint or learning how to like edit video it's just like nothing but time for you to like learn these things because mm -hmm. there's nothing going on there because it's nothing going on. But you're in New York now. Mm -hmm. How long have you been here? Five years now. Are there things, you know, are there things you learned from sports that you use dealing with, like, your freelance life? Like. Definitely. Like, um, even just the hours that we put in, for, like, sitting in the film room or sitting in the weigh room, like, it was like, we probably had, like, 15-hour days of just, like, after class, you got to come back and do something football related. And so it's like if you apply that type of like hard work into anything you're interested in, it's like there's no reason I can't be good at any of this stuff. If 
like you can sit and watch film all day where you know the other teams like play schemes so if you sit and like try to take pictures all day every day it's like you have no choice but to get better there's no way you're gonna get worse Mm -hmm. so just that hard work is really just learning how to work hard at something and applying it to things that don't take as much energy and that's probably one of the biggest things i've learned transitioning from sports to life after sports life after sports because ball is ball is life there you go so tell me the origin of DIY DIY. Ooh, BIY DIY. BIY DIY changed my life. Um, Believe in yourself, do it yourself. So uh, my brother Matthew, Matthew Nelson, American Matthew, he was here in New York with me. Um, well, he moved to New York, like graduated from Penn, moved to New York. And um, a homie of ours opened up a bar in Brooklyn. It's called the Brass Bottle, a legendary bar, like black owned. <laughs> they used to serve 40 ounces. And so at that point, Matt was running the bar and he was DJing there. And we would throw parties in the basement. So Matt would DJ. Uh, I would do the videos, like video projection and just running like these underground parties in Brooklyn at a space that our boy owned from Texas. Mm-hmm. And we did one there. Like we did, a. it was called... Um, Damn, I forgot what it was called. Oh, it's called Next Level Vibes. Next Level Vibes. So me and Matt, like Matt on the music, I'm on the visuals. Then we did two of them at a loft in Brooklyn. And then Matt moves to Puerto Rico, just like, fuck it, I'm leaving New York. I'm going to move to the island. And so we wanted to continue having a party. And it's like, damn, we don't have a DJ. Fuck it, I'm a DJ. Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. And so I'm DJing while Matt's gone. And we meet up in Texas and DJ a show together. And after that show, it's like Christmas time. Like he goes to Puerto Rico. I come back to New York and he's like, he's like, yo, bro, we should just go on tour and and just move around with this DJ and shit because it's too good right now. And we should just put ourselves on the map. <laughs> and then we start booking all these shows, come up with a 10 city tour and, and named it like the Believe in Yourself, Do It Yourself tour. And that's just been the motto ever since because it's like, we did everything like we booked the shows we right like raised the money for it we managed it did all the driving did all the shooting editing like did all the promoting and we didn't get paid a dollar for anything like we just raised the money and put on 10 free shows around the country and it was just that model of like believing in yourself like yo, you don't even need anything to like do this shit just run it and see what happens i mean yeah because it's never been probably a better time to be a creator mm-hmm. now because it's just like you know, you don't have to have a label or a deal. You just put it out. Mm. Do it yourself. And you are a really great DJ. Oh, Stoney, me encanta como tú me hablas. I mean, I had, I, I think I tweeted that. Man. That you were my favorite DJ right now because you transitioned some songs. It was like a Negro spiritual and like a disco song. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this nigga is crazy. I couldn't stop dancing. It was very, very good. It wasn't a Negro spiritual, but it was like two songs that you transitioning together and I was very excited and very happy about that. You always have like a positive attitude. I think that's why, you know, the believe in yourself, do it yourself. Like, where, do you ever get down? Do you ever like, fuck it, I'm about to move back to Texas? Like, Yeah, I feel like everyone has ups and downs. Like, even this year alone, I was almost over New York just because it's always a grind here and it's like, damn, I've been here for this long and I'm always seeming to find myself back at like the starting point. Like, what is it even worth doing it again for another year? 
but I definitely get down and just having that message and seeing it's just like, all right, I'm not about to go out like this, especially if like we got Trump as a president, this nigga's doing anything like it's just a clear like message that it don't even matter. Just pick something and do it and then just go ahead and the people will decide. So it's like you get down, but then you have that message built in. It's like it'll never be bad that long. It's just got to have that patience to push through. Are you surprised at how, the reaction like you get when you DJ? Like it's it seems like something you kind of almost like fell into. Yeah, I think it's all crazy because, like you said, I I never expected to be doing this, and it's just picked up so much where it's like well, I can really do this every day and and life will be okay. And it it's crazy because I don't know. I've had jobs where it's like, all right, this is a job I have to deal with it, but DJing is so much fun. It's like this is almost unfair that somebody can do this for a living because there's literally no stress and it. it's like all fun. It's something you enjoy doing, like preparing for it like I, I do it for free like I started doing it for free and it just turned over so much it's like wow literally like something that brings me happiness I can bring a whole room full of people like happiness and I and just learning like what people like and knowing how to like tap into people's like nostalgia just from paying attention like mm-hmm. I don't know it's just like I don't know if it's like a psychology thing but it's definitely heartwarming it's like if I can make a room full of people happy then I'm most happy and it's a positive space. Like, no one's getting hurt here. No one's, like, everyone's welcome. Like, this is a place, a good environment. And that's one thing that's, that, that's really made me the most happy. Just, like, hearing people talk about, like, when they come to events that me and my friends have, it's just like, oh, you guys are so genuine. It's like, yes. Like, why, why don't you hang out with more genuine people? Like, why aren't people more genuine? Why do you have to feel that only when you come to stuff that we do? So if we could just do more of that shit, that shit just... I don't know. It blows my mind for sure. So we've reached the parting shots of uh, the show. Dream collaboration on the music tip, but then also on like the visual artist tip. Mm, I've always, yeah, I would work with Erica Badu for sure. That's always. Baduism. Badu, if you listening, if somebody listening that know Badu, holla. That's the dream. I don't know. I'm also just you got, grew up you, on her shit. You got the beat ready? You got um, the the, maybe the I, bars ready? I got some beats that, that I don't know. I'd, I'd probably be nervous to play her, but I'm sure she'll give me some good advice. I would want to work with something that she made. You Do you like know where she lives? Because she still lives in Dallas, right? No, I don't know where she lives. Because a nigga might show up. <laughs> <laughs> No so, so I'm like, that's okay. So by dude, but what about uh, a guy? Like anybody that you you know that if you linked up, it could be mm. blue magic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like I don't know. Just from meeting people, I never want to meet somebody who I like. It's and, tricky. And it's no, a, it's it could like, be. No, it could be whack. So I don't even know. Um. I don't know. I want to work with my friends. Like right now, I just like working with people I know that are talented. Cause like me, yeah, working with people, <laughs> work with niggas you fuck with. It's just more genuine instead of just like, oh, this person, somebody. Let's try to work with them. It's like, nah, my my friends are just as good, and we're gonna push each other. We're all gonna be here. That's a good answer. So this is a sports culture podcast i gotta ask you some more like current things 
Okay. What advice would you give Kyrie Irving right now? Mm, what's going on with him? So apparently Kyrie's trying to leave the Cavs. It's like he about to be out. Like, where would you tell him to go? He has it's been leaked that he's he's sick of LeBron. Mm. He's ready to be out. Well, I don't watch basketball that much. Well, you're a former athlete. But, yeah, I think if he wants to leave, then he should definitely leave. I don't know what um, – I'm sure there's a lot of factors that go into that, like what do people think or, like, uh, what, are, what do my teammates think? I don't know. I think if you have something on your heart that you want to explore, you should definitely explore it. Um, I don't know. Just do what's best for your heart. Very sincere answers here with Anthony Blue Jr. Thank you, Blue, for allowing me to uh, to come talk with you in Brumman Studios here in Jersey. Uh, we're gonna close out the show with some some music, some uh, some fire tracks. You've already previewed me some uh, some stuff, so this is something from Stony Blue. Hell yeah, this is some music I made in Brumman Studios. I uh, hope you guys like it. If you don't, let's hear your shit. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode two of Sports Bra. What's up, bitch? It's Stony Blue. For some reason, I thought you knew. Ooh, let's go back to Brumman and bring your friends. I'm going to hit mine, too. Ooh, get that Henny on ice trying to mix it up with you. Ooh, listen to Shawty I do. Order some food and look at the moon. Ooh. I hope you feeling the vibe Please do not think that I'm awkward You looking good in those jeans And my shirt, good posture Check you out like a doctor But I got no PhD Poor eyes I can't see Girl, it's just you and me You can be yourself, don't be no one else And I bet the world will agree They come around with that hate shit Duck, bob, bob, weave First believed in the chief That's the only way you'll win Whole team going in Please don't talk to me when I spin Talk to me when I spin. Don't talk to me when I spin. Talk to me when I spin. Don't talk to me when I. What's up, bitch? It's Stony Blue. For some reason, I thought you knew. Ooh.